You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the fans of two of the three undefeated college football teams in the state of Florida. That's UCF and USF. Welcome to the War on I-4 podcast. I'm Jeremy Taché, joined by Tito Benach and Josh Appel. Fellas, good morning. Hello. How are we doing? We're doing great. We're all doing great because our I'm teams are undefeated. Yeah, I'm doing one and oh. That's how I'm doing. Um, yeah. I'm, I want to say I'm half because I, 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 am, I am a fraud, but uh, I'm, I'm half. I'm one and one in my fandom of college football. But We'll get, we'll get to Tito's uh, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible fandom in a second. Uh, but we'll start here real quick just by uh, recapping the games from last week. We'll do a little discussion on that and then preview your games for next week. This podcast will not be nearly as long as our first episode, which was close to an hour of just mayhem. Uh, You guys want to go ahead and start with uh, your rousing victory over Elon? Um, I thought that there was a potential that they would struggle like they did last year against Stony Brook, given all the unknown on offense and still some of the unknown on defense. But um, I think you could have drawn up a better Debut for Blake Barnett. He was dropping dimes out there. Randall St. Felix coming out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I mean, how could you be upset with – I mean, that's what you should do in, in those games. And they took it to Elon, and now they get to welcome in Georgia Tech this week, which will be obviously a much more difficult game. Uh, I think Khalid McGee uh, described Georgia Tech as Navy with athletes. Yep. Uh, so that might affect the Navy game later as well because we regularly struggle against Navy. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but Georgia Tech this weekend, one and zero after Elon. We'll see how it goes. Uh, wearing our all black cellphones at noon on a Saturday that should be fun. Uh, we'll wow, to- I, I didn't know that. That's I a horrible decision. Why? That's, I that's what I heard. That's what I heard. So now we're going to be all in all black, trying to stop the triple option at noon <laughs> on a Saturday in front of ten thousand people. Yeah, what a great idea. Oh God. At least the game's on ABC, though. You know, yes, we got sir. that prime time. We hey, that that's nice. Time. I'll take it. Yeah, we got we we have the same thing with UNC the following week. It it's like I'll take it no matter what it is. Yeah, man, we need need the exposure. Uh, but yeah, uh, ditto Josh's thoughts. Uh, great win over Elon. Um, Barnett looked like he was the clear best QB by far, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it kind of speaks to why the staff wanted to bring him in. Um, defense secondary wise looked incredible. Uh, I keep telling people, but secondary wise, this this team is they've got probably the best in the conference. Uh, rushing defense, massively concerning, uh, considering that we were playing Elon and we gave up 190 yards and we're about to play one of the best rushing attacks in the country. Uh, and, uh, Jordan Conkite didn't play. Uh, the coaches held him out because they want him healthy for this week. Uh, and I think that'll be pretty big. He still hasn't made his debut as a USF bull. So I'm excited to see that. 
And yeah, the receiving corps for USF looked really, really good. I mean, it, I, I want, I really want to see if this offense is sustainable long-term. So I, I think this game for us is like by far our biggest non-conference since FSU. Uh, we're playing Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a team that they're they going to drive you crazy. So um, no, longer a, no longer a Russell Athletic School, finally. Wow, I didn't know that either. Yeah, they, they are now – they are three-stripe life. Oh. Like oh. Three-stripe like life. Just yeah. like the guy wearing the Nike hat and his uh, – talking about his three-stripe life after Kaepernick. Um, <laughs> no, nobody, nobody, here, nobody here burned their, uh, their Nikes or anything. Yeah, like nobody burned – actually uh, – um, I think Ethan tweeted it out from the Five Reasons Sports account, but instead of going toward them, you can just send uh, me, Josh, and Tito your Nikes if you don't want them. Uh, Tito is currently displaying his Nikes on the computer screen in which we uh, film this podcast, to record this podcast. Uh, so if you don't want your Nikes, feel free to send them to us. Just DM us on Twitter and we'll take I, the Nikes. I, I need shoes, man. So, yeah. That's your victory over Elon. For us with UConn, I mean, nice to get a conference win right off the bat. Obviously, UConn is not a powerhouse in football. Um, I'll start with the concerning. The concerning part is allowing 490 total yards to UConn. Um, that wow, only, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, that only led to – You know, did you do any prep for this? That's the third time you said you didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, uh, that's concerning. That's, that's legitimately concerning, allowing – Now, it only led to 17 points. Um, Tito's still laughing. Uh, last year, UCF had, had the same sort of issue defensively where they were allowing a ton of yards and then – you know, at the end of a drive, they had a lot of their turnovers were in the red zone, or a lot of their forced turnovers, rather, were in the red zone. Uh, same thing happened against UConn. Um, but they made the UConn quarterback look like Quentin Flowers. Like, this kid was running. Uh, no, 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 no. That shows how bad the defense was because he's not even close to that caliber of quarterback. He's good. He's going to be their entire offense. The poor kid was getting abused all night because they've got him running all over the place. But that's a little bit concerning, uh, the Randy Shannon-led defense. Um, but obviously, you know, they're going to get things together, uh, you know, week one. Um, and I'm but the defense was never good in the first place. I don't know. Their MO is they're going to just score more points than you. So I wouldn't right. like – to me, if, if, if I were you guys, I would be more concerned if my offense had struggled. Because yeah. at the end of the day, right. you're going to score more than everybody. Right. At least you should. Right. Going game like that's right. kind well, of how and that's, with USF is we're just going to go out there and outscore you and score as much well, as possible and that's why I started with the negative because if I'm going to find a negative in that game that's it they didn't even allow a lot of points it was only 17 points it's just a lot of total yardage that makes you concerned when you do end up playing the teams that are not going to make the mistakes that UConn made a la Memphis USF you know theoretically Pitt in North Carolina uh, I'm discounting FAU now um, but Going to the offensive side of the ball, goodness gracious, did they were they efficient? Yeah. I, I believe I saw something in the first quarter or in the first first half, they scored something like three points per minute that they had the ball. Um the the team was unbelievable. Mackenzie Milton looked better than ever. Um this offense that Heupel's running, I mean, they picked up right where they left off. And what was really nice to see, especially, is Trey Nixon came in. You know, we talked about it last week on the pod, and I said Trey Nixon was going to be the guy that needed to come in and replace Traquan Smith if they were going to look like the same offense. And he came in and had five for 102 touchdowns. Like, he was 
unbelievable going up and getting balls over guys. Um, Mackenzie Milton's best throw of the night wasn't even a completion. And you can go yeah. back. I actually retweeted it from our, our war on I four podcast uh, Twitter page. Um, he had one throw on the run to the back of the end zone that wasn't caught. And I think it's just because the receiver could not understand how the ball actually got there. Um, he, Milton has some sneaky arm strength. Like, it's cause crazy. When, I, when I, when I first, uh, when I first saw him, uh, in 2017, 16, um, you, you saw some of the potential there, but like he would still, like he made freshman mistakes a lot, but I never yes. saw the arm talent there. It was a lot of, uh, he was accurate. Uh, but, like, there wasn't any zip on the ball. And I think right. that's an area where he's gotten a lot better the last couple of years because that throw that you're talking about was exceptional. Right. Well, and that's what's crazy about him is that, you know, like I mentioned last week, he came in as a freshman, and I was convinced going into last season that we needed to start somebody else because he looked like a JV quarterback out there. He lo- I thought I had a stronger arm than Mackenzie Milton did, and now he's out um, here making some of the best throws in college football. It's it, it, the improvement that – in terms of coaching from Scott Frost and now Josh Heupel has it's made Mackenzie Milton a legitimate great college quarterback. I don't know if that'll I, ever translate to the NFL. But I, I remember uh, I used to do games with uh, Wes Carroll um, at FIU, mm-hmm. and we had that you know, we had that uh, first year Scott Frost team um, and early in the season, and uh, we were reading the comparisons to Marcus Mariota, and I remember Wes looking at me during one of the breaks and be like, "Yeah, I, I don't see it." I, I don't know where, why is it just because they're both from Hawaii? Is that right. why, is that why the comparison is made? And I think now you see that the production is there uh, yeah. to match uh, close to what Mariota was doing when he was at Oregon. So mm-hmm. the, it might've just been premature at the time, obviously was, but I mean, he's really become, I mean, I, I, it's hard to argue that he's not one of the top quarterbacks in the country. It, it's crazy. Dan Orlovsky compared him to Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield and Marcus Mariota all last week. And I'm just out here looking at him like this, this little guy, it's, it's amazing. He's, I love watching him play. He's my favorite college football player I've ever seen play the game. Um, so that's, that's against UConn. It was nice to, you know, see everybody contribute. Otis Anderson playing that utility role had a couple of touchdowns. And he I can kind of see what you mean about that now, honestly, when you said that last week, I was like, I was like, Otis Anderson, I've never heard this guy like ever. Right. And like now after watching a game, I can kind of see how he is a jack of all trades in a way. So, yeah. I, yeah, so. Do, we, do, we have an, do we have an update on the, on the kid who got hurt? Right yeah, before? so um, the reports, I, I don't have an update since a few days ago, um, but he had tweeted out that he was flying home uh, from Connecticut, that all was well. Um, you know, college football programs can be a little um, – I don't want to use the word secretive because that has a, a negative connotation to it. But no, they are. Guarded. No, you can, no, you can yeah, say you can use they are. All right. So a little secretive, a little guarded in terms of medical info. I mean, we had last year, Juwan Hamilton broke his leg week one. I, I think. I still don't yeah. know. Yeah. And he was out for the rest of the year. We still don't know when he transferred. Like, that's it. I still don't know what happened to him. He was our starting running back, and I still don't know what happened, and he transferred away. Um, well, you guys did this fine without him. Right. I mean, obviously. But, but – it's it's one of those things. So uh, according to to Robinson, according to you know the different prof- uh, professionals around the team, um, Aaron Robinson is doing okay. Um, he was moving all of his extremities. Um, you hate to see that type of thing happen, especially on the first play of the year. Um, so I'm so happy that Aaron Robinson is doing all right. Um, I mean, obviously, all of us were thinking of him throughout the week. People people wonder why they change rules on kickoffs, and mm-hmm. it's specifically for that. 
Yeah. And if if your complaint is that, oh well, we now we take one of the most exciting parts of the game out of it. Well, you know what? I'd rather that than having to see on the very first play of the season a college kid get right. stretched off the field because he hurt his neck or he hurt his head. So you know and what? Call a fair catch every time you catch him. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Literally, as soon as I changed the channel to a different college football game, right after the UCF one was done, the first thing I saw was a kid being carried off on a stretcher. I mean, I, I just – no one wants to see that. Um, I know. Let's, let's, I, just, let's just eliminate the pickoff altogether and everybody – I agree. I'm, just start at the 20. Throw yeah, 25. I, I'm, I've been on that bandwagon for about a year now. Like, as much as kickoff returns are cool and it gives people jobs, like, it's the most dangerous play in football. Like, mm-hmm. just – just by just the basic logic of it, two guys running at each other from 40 yards away, it, it never ends well. It literally never ends well. Just to make a small little reference to the Dolphins, the Dolphins lost their second-round draft pick on a kickoff because he ran into his own teammate and he tore his ACL. So, yeah. not, and that's, that's, that's not even as worse as it can get. Cause we that, was last, that was Raekwon McMillan last year. Yes, right. yes, exactly. So I, I just think kickoffs at this point are so dumb. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, football is already modern-day gladiators, but that's the literal, like, physical example that you can draw to modern-day gladiators right. in general. Um, but moving on from there, I mean, so UCF gets the conference win. They're 1-0. USF gets the win over the FCS team. They're 1-0. Uh, so UCF is now the number one ranked school in the state of Florida after Miami's just disgusting – dominated blowout loss to LSU in Dallas, which I know Tito's devastated over. Miami looked – I mean, Miami looked awful. They, they looked bad. Like, it, it has no doubts in me to say that, like, UCF is without question the best school in the state right now. Like, I'm, and I, I think arguing otherwise would be silly. Mm-hmm. There's just no evidence to prove. Uh, FSU in their first game with Taggart – Listen – that could not have gone anywhere. It couldn't have gone anywhere. Here I was telling all my FSU friends, guys, look, you're going to love this. It's going to be great. It's going to be the complete and polar opposite of what you're used to with Jimbo Fisher. You're going to have your Florida State athletes finally get to run in some space. And, oh, my goodness. Like, a lot of it had to do with Virginia Tech's defense because Bud Foster called an incredible game. But I, there were just head-scratching play calls. Well, well not only and, that. And, and, and the one that everybody will point to is, is third goal fumble. Yes. Yeah, that was really, I don't know what I don't know what that was. Yeah, and, and here's what I'm gonna say is as much as I give Bud Foster a tremendous amount of credit because he's obviously one of the best defensive minds in college football history, that Virginia Tech defense is extremely young and depleted. They lost yeah. several players this offseason, whether by breaking rules, by going to the supplemental draft, or just by natural injuries. And it to, I mean to me, I thought, man, this is gonna be a cakewalk win for Florida State. And I heard, them, I heard them say on the broadcast, I, and I could be wrong, but at, at one point on the broadcast, because they played, they played uh, three defensive linemen, that their yeah. their next eight players were all freshmen or sophomores. Yes, exactly. All freshmen or sophomores. Virginia Tech scored three points. Virginia Tech was getting pressure on a five man offensive line with three down linemen. Mm-hmm. That like and and New Florida State like that's just been. I mean, that's just been the, the main theme every year, how bad the offensive line is. But, yeah, I mean, for, just for the big three in general, 
uh, it was an awful, awful opening weekend. I mean, outside of Florida, they, they beat Charleston Southern, but that means nothing. Yeah, I, um, love, I love Florida fans out here. Like, yeah, so pumped that they could yeah. score <laughs> points against Charleston Southern. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Like, yeah. oh my God, we scored more than 20 points in a game? Let's pop champagne. Exactly. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was, it was a rough weekend for Miami. Um, and I think for, for both... USF and UCF again. This mm-hmm. is a massive opportunity that they have to seize where they can, you know, kind of cement themselves as continuously being two of the three best programs in the state. I think there's a legitimate chance that by the end of this season, UCF and USF could be the top two ranked teams in the state of Florida. Mm. It's possible. No, it's not. It's not impossible. Oh, I think listen, if you guys listen, run the we've, table, we've, we've had yeah. we've seen one week. If let's let's teams, pump the brakes a little bit because if, hey, Florida's no, no, no. not going to continue to be this bad. I, I understand. I'm just looking at what the possibilities are because if you look at it and you have a Miami team that gets blown out by LSU and then loses to Virginia Tech and right at the end of the year and they don't make a conference championship and then you have an FSU that goes out there and they're not – obviously, they're not going to run the table by any means. They're going to lose a couple of games here. You got Florida in the SEC. I don't think they're out here going to a conference championship. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Dan Mullen gets everything turned around really quickly. But if you have both USF and UCF undefeated going into their matchup, it's been one week. I'm just, I'm just right. going out on a limb and saying it's not impossible. Where before the season, I would have said that there was no chance that that could happen because of Miami, because of FSU, because of the hype around them. I just now, think for USF, it's tough. And I've told this to Josh, and it's right. like, I think is that Charlie, for whatever reason, Charlie Strong doesn't run up the score. Mm-hmm. And when you have AP vote, poll voters who just look at the score yep. and don't know what the game was actually like, if you, for example, us beating Elon was not a convincing win. It, was, it felt great because, right. I mean, we looked good, but we only beat them by 20 points. Meanwhile, you guys beat the brakes off of UConn right. with a 40-point victory. That's impressive. So – I just think for USF, especially just the natural G5, you know, reputation, it's going to be hard for them to move up in polls unless they're, unless they're just, I mean. You're never going to have more than two or three group of five teams ranked. Remember how hard it was for Memphis? Like it was us, Memphis, and and you guys last year. Well, and Boise. Right. But like they're not going to ever. Nobody cracked the top ten. Right, and that wasn't all until the very end of the year. All right, that's fair, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I'll, I'll keep this recording so that when it happens, I can feel good about myself. <laughs> Moving on to, to this week, uh, UCF has a cupcake at South Carolina State, um, although right now every game on the schedule sort of feels like a cupcake for how good this UCF team is. <laughs> um, but South Carolina State, it's a cupcake. The only thing I'm looking forward to seeing is whether or not they can score 70 in Heifel's uh, home debut at Spectrum Stadium. I won't call it the bounce house. I know you guys don't like that. God, uh, but I'm exci- I am excited to see. You know, it's interesting. They, they pulled Milton after uh, basically three and a half quarters, let 
Daryl Mack in there, which was so fun to see Daryl Mack break off a 70-yard touchdown run. Um, but if they leave Milton in for the whole game, I, I legitimately think this offense could score 80 points against South Carolina State uh, just because the athletes all over the field. So it'd be interesting to see if Heupel's out there like trying to run up the score or not. You know, it, Frost, even though last year we scored a lot of points, you know, we put up, we, Josh and I were talking before the podcast, we put up 73 against Austin P. You know, it didn't feel like they were ever actually trying to run up the score. It was just they were scoring a lot of points because they were also allowing a lot of points. And if it's the same thing this year, maybe we'll see some scores in the 70s, you know, more than once. Um, but that's all I'm looking for this week. But you guys have a legitimately challenging matchup maybe your toughest matchup of the year besides UCF it's Georgia Tech Um, right yeah what do you guys think about you know what you're looking for going into that game so for me I think this is a couple of things both just mainly offense and defense offensively I want like I said I want to see if this offense is long-term sustainable yeah it looks great when you rack up over you know 300 passing yards against an Elon team but can can Gilbert's offense you know, actually, you know, work correctly against a defense that's, you know, has a pulse, you know, and, and to be quite fair, Georgia Tech's defense isn't going to be the best defense we face all year. There's going to be Houston and there's going to be Cincinnati. There's going to be a lot of tougher teams that we play that have a defense that can stifle us if they are able to stop the pass. With that being said, we didn't really get to see Jordan Cronkite in, in play. So I want to see how he does with the running game. And the other side of this is, Within the next two to three years, we play Navy and Georgia Tech uh, twice. I think we play Navy and Georgia Tech next season, and then we play Navy again the following season. So we're going we're gonna to have to be familiar with the triple option to at least some degree with over the next three seasons. And this is going to be the first test that this defense ever sees under Charlie Strong of a triple option. My concern is, is after giving up 192 yards against Elon, you know, how does not only the defensive line, how do the linebackers adjust to seeing this type of offense, you know, or is, because it, I don't see us winning this game in a blowout fashion. I think the only way we see we actually win this is if it's a shootout and we can get a couple turnovers or a couple mistakes or just uh, enough stops to hold Georgia Tech's offense while we uh, can at least put some points up on the board. Because I think everybody here knows that, you know, when Georgia Tech gets that 14, 10 point lead on you, they just, they kind of lean on their offense and they just kill clock. So I'm excited to see that. Um, also, this is, like you said, the biggest game outside of UCF, and I want to see how Charlie gets up for it because outside of the, the meaningless games, I, I don't think we've really seen – I mean, outside of the meaningless games and the bowl games, I don't think we've seen Charlie win a very big, big game yet at USF. Well, I mean, what besides UCF in the regular season last year, what was a big game that they played? The, Houston, the bowl game? And, Houston I mean, and Texas Tech. That's why I said Texas Tech was a big yeah, one. I'll go I mean, in that. Yeah, uh, Houston and Houston, I think, is the one that that draws that should draw the most criticism. The UCF game, that I mean, how can you blame anybody for winning or losing that game? Right, specialty. Okay, big play. Uh, I mean, like I said, I, I well, I, I can well kicking it to the best returner in the conference. Right, right. No, no, one hundred percent. No, that was definitely a mistake. But I think that was. I mean, had that game gone. No, yeah. yeah, they were prepared for the game. One thousand question. They were prepared for it. Adjusted well at halftime, which is one of my favorite things. So either team could have won. I'll, I'll yeah. give you that. Yeah. Josh? Oh, sorry. I was doing about the uh, Houston game last year. <laughs> I, uh, I watched that game. I watched the end of that game on my phone at a Panthers game in the concourse outside my section when uh, King scored 
um, I sat down in the middle of the concourse. I can visualize this so well, and it's making me <laughs> happy on levels I can't even describe. I just sat down. People were walking by. It's me. incredible. Yeah. Probably just yeah. looking at you, this big oh, lug just sitting there, like depressed because over. Because I thought that was the time. I was like, all right, you know, that's there goes our shot. Oh, and then I didn't realize. I, I was very, very short sighted because I didn't realize that it had to be at UCF. Uh, we had gone to a conference championship. Definitely Memphis and definitely beaten Auburn. So. Right. I know yeah, we would have been. Definitely. definitely. Yeah, definitely would have beaten both of those teams 100%. Um, I, I, I agree with Tito. I think the advantage that USF has is that they are somewhat familiar with um, Navy. I know this staff isn't, but uh, wait, did they play last year? They played last year, right? At home. No. They didn't didn't play. Play. no. Right. Sorry, you'll have that in this part. Yeah, I got it. Um, so, I mean, it's uh, obviously. Do your what research. Is. You're right. No, you're absolutely right. 100% right, and I deserve it. Um, I'm keeping so, it in. Okay, that's fine. Um, so, we didn't play Navy last year, but there's still guys on this team who – or there are still guys on this team who are familiar with the, the midshipmen and, and what they do. Um, they're going to obviously study a lot of that film. Well, I mean, it's the triple option. Can't be much different besides a wrinkle here and there, I'm sure. Um, and it's just whether or not you're able to fill, fill your gaps on defense. I mean, that's the name of the game. Um, with defending the triple option. And I think what we were kind of talking about earlier uh, with Jeremy um, about UCF, and, you know, he was concerned about the yardage that uh, they gave up to uh, UConn. I think for USF, it's the same. It's like they gave up the yards, but, I mean, they only got 14 points, and it was in the second half with, the, with not all the starters. In. So, um, and Charlie, like, if you look at last year, like, this team is notorious. I mean, look at Tulane. Like, there were games at San Jose State kind of, like, battled back late. Obviously, it was never a close game, but they put up points late. It happened multiple times last year. So I, I, I don't think that – I'm not as concerned as Tito was about uh, the rush defense. Um, you, the triple option offense is going to gain yards. It's going to happen. It's whether or not you can go down when they get in the red zone and, and get stops and force field goals. And I feel like that's going to be a big difference. And for USF, uh, I think the, the same thing Tito said. It's hard to disagree when he makes good points. So the, rare, the rare occasion that, uh, that Tito has made a good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, Blake Barnett against uh, going to be tested against an ACC defense, not the strongest defense, but it's still obviously a, a huge step up um, from Elon. Um, I liked. I'm curious to see Jordan Cronk right, and you know, I wonder if USF. Uh, you know how you mentioned Tito you know, that Georgia Tech. You know, if they get up by a score or two, they're just going to want to bleed out the clock, and of course they should. I, I wonder um, if USF uh, elects to maybe step a little bit back from from the up tempo and try and sustain some drives to keep that offense off the field. Because defending that, that offense can get exhausting for a defense. And so I feel like you want to keep your offense, them off the field as much as possible as you can. Yeah, yeah we, I think we've even seen Charlie, like, at times, try to go to an offense that doesn't, isn't fast-paced. Like, while the, their main theme is that, to go as fast as possible, there, are, there were times last year where we saw him kind of slow the slow the slow the pace down, and it for whatever reason, he likes to do it late in games when we're up by you know twenty fourteen points, and it eventually leads to a comeback, and it well, that's a whole other issue I can get into, but Jaguars yes, versus Patriots but, that's what that is. Yeah, you know, take your foot off the gas, but I I'm gonna be this game is gonna be to me it's either gonna be massively frustrating because like. As, as much as, like, the triple option is, you know, an efficient offense at times, 
it i i hate watching it like i hate, I hate it. it oh it's awful I hate it. I hate it's it. awful yeah i mean this is yeah i think i i agree with you guys that this is you know this is the big game i'll definitely be watching it you know i was having a conversation with some friends the other day and it's Obviously, I will not be rooting for USF. This is not something that I will be doing. But it's this weird space where, you know, my, my friends were talking about, and, they, you know, they went to Power 5 schools, and they were saying how, you know, I would never root for a team within my conference. But that's because you have the luxury of not needing your conference to look good for your own success, where UCF especially, like, we had two freaking teams in the American Conference lose to FCS teams last, last week. That's not going to be beneficial for UCF. So it'll be fun to watch USF and Georgia Tech on ABC this weekend after college game day. A um, couple of quick plugs because uh, we didn't do it last week. Uh, I am part of a podcast on this network. You're paying to listen to this podcast. You can listen to the other three podcasts that the three of us are involved in for free. And I'll plug Brian's podcast as well, even though he's not here. Uh, Brian was part of the Miami Heat Beat. I am with Swings and Mishes with our host, Craig Mish. That is the Marlins podcast on our network. Uh, Josh with Smarks Your Territory, the best wrestler. No Smarks Your Territory. Smarks. My bad. I, I, oh, God. Smark Your Territory. I'm so sorry. Spark your territory. Uh, <laughs> New episode out. The very best rap. You want you want to go ahead and start it and said, Josh, what's your podcast? Uh, Smark your territory. You can follow us on Twitter at Smart Tweets. Uh, subscribe to us on uh, iTunes and Podbean. I think it's the only places that we are. New episode right. just came out, and uh, next week we're also going to be talking with uh, Ben Axelrod uh, of Cleveland fame. Uh, he's a big wrestling guy too. Um, can I also promote what I'm doing this weekend? Yes. Now uh, that. So uh, after an, an, uh, an incredible and interesting weekend uh, in uh, Greenville, North Carolina, on ESPN3, North Carolina A&T and ECU, ECU representing the American Conference well by losing to North Carolina A&T. Uh, the, uh, I'm on the road again at Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh. We're not at Pittsburgh. We're in Pittsburgh on the radio this time. Uh, Penn State and Pitt, 8 o'clock Saturday. Sports USA Media, tune in app. Listen, thanks. Yeah, that should be a fun one, actually. Yeah, I'm glad they won against Appalachian State because that this game would have been significantly less interesting. Right now, it's now it now it leads to a fun outcome for you. And Tito, do you want to uh, talk about Five Rings for a second? Yeah, Five Rings, uh, a Canes thing. Uh, you can find this obviously on Apple Music, uh, Google Play, and Podbean. Um, Wait, you uh, can find you on Apple Music. Apple, Apple podcast. Apple podcast. Oh, okay. I was gonna say. I was like, where? How do we get an Apple Music now? Uh, no, I want to get Apple Music. Apple. Y'all replug it again. All right. Uh, no, keep it. I like it. No, 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 no. Keep it. It's whatever. <laughs> um, we've got a bunch of interviews lined up. I think this week we're we're gonna do Lamar Thomas. Uh, his podcast was really interesting. He's as you know as honest and as open book as they come. So uh, I think that's gonna be one you guys like. And we've got plenty more lined up. Obviously, uh, whenever there's a big game, we'll get into discussion about that. Uh, make sure to rate us five stars as well. Yeah, going to be a while until it feels like a big game for Miami, huh? Yeah, it doesn't seem like we're the big games coming to FSU. So we're going to just stick to the storytelling just fashion. Plug away. Just yeah. plug, plug away and they'll be back. I'm, I'm not concerned. I mean, they're still a ranked team even after that. So Miami's yeah. going to be a part of that national conversation. Uh, but not as much as UCF and USF as we break down the war on I-4 podcast. I'm Jeremy Taché. It was Josh Bell. It was Tito Benach. Thanks, fellas. Josh, I hate you, bud. I hate you too. No, I hate you. No, I hate you more.
Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save. 